This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello, welcome to this virtual qualification recording of Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous FA. I'm a food addict from New York State, USA, and I will share my story of recovery from food addiction. My story is a little different than a lot of people's because I was not looking for a program of any kind when I came in. I was not looking for a diet. I was not looking for anything. The only reason I'm here is because my doctor got me to promise her that I would come to a 12-step meeting for food addiction. So I, I, at the time, it was the end of September in 2011. I was 58 years old. And on the day that I actually started the food plan, I weighed 276 pounds. This past Sunday, I weighed 157 pounds. So my weight has been off for 10 and a half years. It stayed off. It um, has not gone up and down other than like five pounds one way or the other. And from a weight standpoint, I've been extremely successful. So my food addiction, I never realized that I had food addiction. I knew that I was heavy. I knew that I was fat, but I would not say that it really bothered me that much because I did absolutely nothing about it. In in my adult life, I did one diet. It was a diet based off of a book. And I did this also at the same doctor's request. And I went from 310 down to 240. So I lost 70 pounds and everybody's telling me how great I look, you know, and I was buying into it. And I, I weigh weighed 240. And I was morbidly obese still, but everybody's telling me how great I looked and I bought into it. So of course, what do you do? You quit the diet and I slowly put the weight back on and I got up to 310 or I got up to 290 pounds. And then my doctor gave me the address for the food addicts website. And so I went home and I did absolutely nothing with it. And then the next year, once again, on a sticky note, she wrote the address down and gave it to me and asked me to, to attend one meeting. She got me to promise that I'd attend one meeting. So I went on the website, found a meeting, and I went to it. So when I went in the end of September of 2011, it was the first time I had any interaction with a 12-step group, any interaction with like an organized weight loss program. And so I really had no idea what to accept, expect. I argued with my sponsor when I first started that I really didn't eat much. And, and he, he finally said to me, you don't get to 300 pounds without eating. So when I start looking back on my, my food and my addiction pre-program, I was not flour and sugar addict. I was not a sugar addict. I really was a food addict. I overate my biggest thing was overeating junk food. I liked the salt. I loved it. 
Um, you know, like anybody else, buy a bag, eat a bag. It, um, you know, it really, I wasn't that selective about what I ate. I ate all kinds of junk food. I learned how to make junk food. Um, there was one thing in particular I used to make and I would make it in one of those turkey, one of those foil things that you would make for a turkey, use for a turkey. And I would make this dish in it, this snack food, and then I would eat it. And the problem is I live by myself. I'm the only one eating it. And it was not anything remotely healthy to eat. And when you got down to the bottom, there was grease congealed in the bottom. And that was what I considered to be the best part. So evidently, I also was a grease addict because there's another food that I used to make. And so I would eat half of it one night and then eat the other half for the next night. And mind you that the first night would be enough for a family of, well, in my family, like seven people used to eat it and I used to eat half of it. So the second night it was coming out of the refrigerator and it had grease and fat congealed on the top of it. And I would just mix it up and with the rest of the food in there and just eat it cold. And I mean, now when I say it, it makes me want to gag, but you know, that's what I did. Quantities, I was definitely a quantities guy, even though I never really realized it. Um, and I always would say I never ate breakfast. And the thing, the reality of the situation is I never ate breakfast at a table. I would eat breakfast in my car. I would eat breakfast at my desk, but I never really considered it breakfast because it was always on the go. And when I did go through a drive-through or whatever, it, I would never purchase just one. I would purchase at least two. And the same thing if I went to lunch or dinner through a drive-through, it was never one of anything. It was always two. So I, I really ate a lot of quantities and I never really realized it because it was just the norm for me. So as I went along, I started, you know, being much worse with my eating habits. And so I got to 310 pounds. So my doctor was on my, my case from day one about getting food out of my life and losing weight because at that point in time, I had high blood pressure and I was type two diabetic. So with me, the impact of type two diabetes on my life was I took a pill and I had to stick my finger a couple times a day to, to test to see what my sugar level was. I never changed any, any of my eating habits at all. I still continue to eat sugar. I ate flour, I ate junk food. I did absolutely nothing to address the food side of my diabetes. So I came into the program and I started, like I said, the end of September. And I went on the food, the food plan that my sponsor gave me. And, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this isn't going to be enough food. I can honestly say the first 90 days, I was never hungry. I was not hungry once. 
And I, it was, I don't know how long after my 90 days, my stomach was growling like at 10, 1030 in the morning at work. And I'm like, what's this all about? And I, I recognized it, that it was the disease talking to me. That part's great. And then I recognized that I, I had been mad. Um, and when I started, there was always the acronym HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And my sponsor used to say that to me. And it was very important because if I was hungry, I need to be careful. If I was angry, I need to be careful. If I was tired, I need to be careful. And if I was lonely, I need to be careful. Well, for me, the one that really seems to be the trigger is anger. If if I'm angry, my I notice that my stomach growls before it would normally be my time to eat. So like I said, luckily I recognized it and I, I didn't do anything, but it's great because even today I'm I'm never hungry in between meals. It's it's just for me, this is a way of life now, and it's just a great thing. So I started and so I went my most people they weigh after a month, they have a date and they weigh the, the next month at the, on that date. My sponsor did a little bit different. He wanted me to weigh the first day, the first Sunday of every month. After five weeks, I weighed, I lost 29 pounds. So, you know, not bad. So then the next five weeks, I lost 22 pounds. So in 10 weeks, I lost 51 pounds. And I realized this is not going to be the same for everyone. But for me personally, this is what it was. It was great for me. I I appreciate it. It's what kept me in the program originally. And I I know that my higher power was looking out for me and gave me what I needed to keep going and get myself into a right-sized body and get my right mind into a right-sized mind. So um, for the most part, I would say the beginning of my recovery was pretty good. I did fight some of the food because there was just things that weren't on my food program that I wanted. And I switched sponsors after like two, three years. And I had a different sponsor that let me have the food that I wanted. And I noticed that it was just, it was a spice and I just started using more of it and more of it. And so I recognized it and I put it away. And then I, I realized that my food didn't taste any different with the spice than it did with it. And it's like, I like the food just as well, if not more without the spice. So all it was, it was my food addiction wanting to trip me up and get me to be focused on the food as opposed to, as opposed to being focused on the recovery. So like I said, I came in the program I I did pretty much everything that I was asked to do. Um, and it is an ask, it's not an order. And that's one thing that I learned in a meeting because somebody who is very important to my recovery, he was the person that I sat next to in the first meeting I went to. And of course I was sitting in the back row trying trying to hide, you know, here's somebody that weighs 270 six pounds and you're trying to hide in the back row when everybody else is is thin. I mean, all they have to do is turn around and, and they, they know it's you. So I'm sitting next to him and the speaker said, okay, we're now gonna take a 10 minute break. 
And I was like, oh my God, how long does this thing last? And he goes, it's an hour and a half. And so he goes, you're new, aren't you? And I was like, yes. So he pulls out his picture. And here is this man who's um, at that point in time, he was he was probably a 65 and he was in a right-sized body. And when he showed me his picture, his picture looked just like me. His face was very bloated. His body was very bloated. It was a whole thing. And here this man is, he's in a right-sized body. Well, the second week, when I sat next to him the second week, he, um, he got me to go up and ask my sponsor to sponsor me. So... It was, it was just, he's been very important. And then the third reason he's very important to me is I'm a very negative person and I kind of like to feel sorry for myself. And so he was standing up in a meeting one night sharing and he was talking, he said, if I want this, and of course food was not mentioned by name, I can have that. And if I want this, I can have that. And I'm thinking, okay, I want his sponsor. And then he he dropped the punchline. I'm choosing not to. And that made a world of difference to me personally because it made me realize I was not a victim. I'm a volunteer. Anything that your sponsor asks you or tells you that you should do, it's only a suggestion. And that was the first thing that I really needed to, to hear was no one was making me do it. I was doing it myself. And you know what the other thing is? If you're doing it yourself, you're happier with the results because it's it's my it's my effort. It wasn't somebody else getting me to do it. I I love my sponsor. I'm working with my first sponsor again. He's an amazing man. Um, he has given me the best guide guidance that I could possibly have, and I do what he asks me to do. So it's kind of a give and take. He suggests I choose to, to follow, and it has worked out very well. So when I also was new, I was asked to go to an in-depth study of the 12 steps based on food addiction. And it was going to be an hour and a half from my house on a Saturday morning. Well, I'm, I'm a single man, live by myself. I have, I mow like three or to four acres and I kept saying, I can't, go, I can't go. I have to mow my lawn. And I would, and I would just, anytime somebody would say something to me, it's like, I can't go. I have to mow my lawn. So my sponsor, you know, we do three outreach calls a day. And my sponsor asked me when I was doing an outreach call to ask other fellows what they thought about it. And I asked this fellow and he said to me, turn it over to God. And I, I couldn't get off. I couldn't get off the phone fast enough. It's like, turn it over to God. And so I mocked this man for a long time saying, yeah, I've got God's going to mow my lawn. God's going to mow my lawn. Well, you know what the thing about it is? God's mowing my lawn. I worked for a company and we were purchased by another company. And when the new company wanted us all to stay, they were able, they were willing to give us a retention bonus that we would get paid after we stayed for a year. Well, after the year, I got a retention bonus. And with the retention bonus, I went and bought a new lawnmower that cut my time from four hours to two hours. So 
God is mowing my lawn. And then I was able to go to this in-depth study of the 12 steps. And you talk about having your higher power in your life. It, when we were getting towards the end, there were eight people in the meeting. And we went to the business convention. And at that business convention, there was a meeting on Sunday where they asked everybody with 15 years or more of continuous abstinence in FA to stand. Four out of the eight people stood up. And it's like, there was another person who had like 14 years and six months. This is the experience and everything that I was able to hear in my first study of the 12 steps. You just, you can't ask for anything more than that. It was so impactful on my recovery. And I am very grateful to my higher power for, for putting me in that position. So the program, I, like I said, I've been very lucky with my higher power. And like I said, when I came, I was not looking for this program. I came the first week, I was not impressed, but my sponsor said to me, he talked to me and he, he got me to commit to call him on Sunday afternoon. And this was a Wednesday night. And so I called him on Sunday afternoon because I keep my promises. And then on Sunday night, he got me to commit to coming to the Wednesday night meeting again. So I came, don't know why, but I agreed to start working with him. And like I said, I wasn't looking for the program. I wasn't even looking for a diet. You know, I would take weight loss if I could get it, but I didn't really want to do anything to get it. So I look at this as I came to a program I didn't want. 11 years, over 11 years, I'm still here. There's only one reason that can be there. My higher power is, is helping me realize this is the best thing for me in my life. So part of the 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 FA program is to connect with your higher power and in, improve your spirituality. And I am very grateful to my higher power because this has happened to me and it's happened to me pretty, pretty strongly. I was not a person who had, you know, the lightning bolt and the burning bush kind of connection with my higher power to begin. Mine was more of an educational version, and mine actually came from reading a story in the AA Big Book, and it was about a gentleman who, you know, had quit drinking, had a got one of his chips, went to on a convention, flew on the plane, drank on the plane, was reaching in his pocket for a pen, felt this chip, and was wondering what it was, pulled it out, and it was his chip. And that was the last time he had a drink. So he was telling the story at an AA meeting and he's like, I never had a, a, a connection to my higher power. And two guys jumped up and after the meeting says, what more do you want? Well, that to me was my connection to my higher power. What more do I want? My higher power has been in my life for um, my, my whole time. I look at my life, I look back on it. Um, I, you know, I was blessed with the parents I had. Were they what I would have wanted? No, because I always wanted more. I have the disease of more and I always wanted more. My parents were great. You know, once they're gone, you realize really how great they were. 
And, you know, they really are saints for putting up with me. So um, I, I put them through the ringer a bit. I am from a very small town. Um, it's very rural. It, um, you know, I, like I would say two thirds to three quarters of my graduating class were in my kindergarten class. So it's, that's the way the, the town is. And it, it's still pretty much like that. I, I was just very lucky. I grew up that way, you know, and being in the town, there were a lot of, it's a farm town. Farm wives are, are good, good cooks. And I mean, these women, they used to, you know, and like if we had a wedding, it's like weddings were not like they are now. They were like in a church hall or something and somebody would cater it and they'd have these farm wives cater it. And it was like, you always knew you were gonna have good food. It wasn't fancy, but it was good. And I would always eat way too much. So when I was in high school, I'm, in, I'm from Western New York and in New York state at that point in time, you took a test and it was called the Regent Scholarship Test. And if you got a certain score, you would get a Regent Scholarship and it would pay your tuition at any state school. Well, luckily enough, I was an alternate and I ended up with a Regent Scholarship and I was going to a state school, so I did not pay any tuition. Well, <laughs> if you don't have any skin in the game, it, it doesn't help a lot. So I, um, I certainly drank and played enough, enough cards, but um, my studies were not very good. And after two and a half years, I was asked to leave. And so I went to work and I, I worked in factories. And at that point in time, I was young and dumb. And, you know, it's like I was making money. So it um, gave me enough money to, you know, have a car, go out and party with my friends, eat what I wanted. And, you know, that was good. So the recession came in the late 70s, early 80s, and the auto industry took a big dive. And so I was working in UAW shops, and I ended up, you know, trying to find a job. I was, one of my college friends was working at a plastics fam, uh, factory, but they were hiring. So she told me about it and I went and it was basically an hour and 10 minutes from where I was living. And I went and the pay was, you know, at best two thirds of what I was making before, but it was a job. It was one of those things that I worked all three shifts in one week. I worked two, two days of days, two days of afternoons, and then three nights of, of midnight to eight. And, you know, I loved it. But what was consistent about it? It didn't matter when we were done, we were always either drinking or eating. And um, I never really drank without having food involved there someplace. So I did that and worked for this company and I ended up working for them for over, for over 20 years. They had tuition reimbursement. So when I finally got tired of working on the factory floor, I decided to go back and work and get my education. So I went back to school. They paid every cent of my tuition for my undergrad, and they paid every cent of my tuition for my MBA. And when I ended up retiring, and I graduated from college with not one cent of tuition debt. So 
what's that other than my higher power working in my life? So when I look at everything, I look at coming into a program I did not want. I'm here 11 and a half years later. I've had the opportunity to meet people from all over the world, and not just people from all over the world, wonderful people all over the world, and people from all over the world who are just invested, just as invested in my recovery as I am in theirs. And it's great. You know, if I have a question, I have my network of, of people that I can call anytime and have them help me walk through a situation. So I'm going to share something that happened last weekend that I just think is like the coolest thing ever. Um, I, it was Sunday afternoon, the football games were over and I decided to, I needed to get and make some phone calls. So there's a, like I said, I'm in New York. There's a gentleman that I speak to in San Diego and I called him and he didn't answer. And so I left the message. Well, so, okay. So then I called him a gentleman in Santa, Santa Rosa and he answered. So I was talking to him and we were talking about how things were going for us and everything. And then I was getting ready to go make my dinner and my phone rang and it was the guy from San Diego. So we talked and had a, a you know, few minutes of conversation and then he was going off with his family. And so I went, made my dinner, ate my dinner, my phone rings, and it's this gentleman from Portland. And I had his number in my phone. So I knew who he was. I knew who was calling. And he's like, who is this? He goes, how would I know you? And I said, well, I'm an FA. Oh, well, I didn't recognize the number. I didn't recognize the voice. And this gentleman had the same first name as the gentleman in San Diego. Well, I hadn't called the gentleman in San Diego. I called the guy in Portland. <laughs> and so the gentleman in Portland has been struggling and um, had left the program for a bit. And so we were talking and we talked for 20, 25 minutes. And in the middle of the conversation, he's like, I think this is a sign that maybe I need to come back. And it's like, how cool is that when it just proves that there's a higher power working in our lives. Because if I hadn't screwed up and selected the wrong person, I would have never had the conversation with this guy. This is how my higher power works in my life. He has put more people in my life that I would never have met in a million years. And many of them I would have never wanted to, which sounds bad. But it's like, I lived the sheltered life. I've never, you know, really went out of Western New York much. So I now have the opportunity to speak with people. I've had the pleasure of having people come and stay at my house while they were in Western New York for one thing or the other. And it just, it's a great way to live. You know, you have, you have um, opportunities available to you in the program that you would not imagine. It's, you have a, a fellowship, a worldwide fellowship, you can find a connection at any point in time. I used to, my meetings used to be quite a distance from my house. And so what I would do is I would call people on the West Coast on my way home from meetings. I would be on my way home from a meeting. They'd be getting out of work. It was a perfect match for us.
So I'm very grateful to the program, very grateful to my higher power. Um, my relationship with my higher power is way better than what it was when I was young. And I am very truly grateful that everything has happened. And who am I most grateful for besides my higher power right now is my doctor. Because if she hadn't sent me, and why did she send me? Because she had another patient who was an FA. And she saw the incredible results that person had. So she ended up sending me because she hoped the same for me. And now, anytime I go see her, my doctor is so pleased. I have no blood sugar issues. I still have some blood pressure issues, but that's hereditary. Um, it's always great to hear. My father died from coronary artery disease, and my cholesterol is the best that you can possibly imagine. So you can't ask for anything better than that. I am very grateful for my health, and I'm grateful for the program. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.